Welcome back, listeners, to part two of our insightful conversation with Mark Slaughter. In a previous episode, we explored the compassionate services provided by Legacy Pet Crematorium. Today, we're shifting our focus to a different aspect of pet care, one that every pet owner dreads, the fear of losing a pet or them going missing. I'm your host, Dr. Cara, and I'm thrilled to have Mark Slaughter join us once again. Mark is here to shed light on IdentiPet, a unique and invaluable solution for reuniting you with your missing pets. Let's extend a warm welcome. Welcome back to the Pause and Effect podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cara, and today I'm back talking to Mark. Uh, Mark from Legacy Crematorium, but also IdentiPet. Mm. Please give us some yeah. background. You know, uh, again, I suppose we've been in the market now. We've been serving vets for 27 years. We've been to the cyber congresses and we've been at all those fun events with you guys. And it was during some of those congresses that, you know, in between times while you're having lectures, we're talking to fellow industry, you know, suppliers and we, we got talking to Identipet. It was a, it was a family owned business and we just always thought it was a good fit for us. It was a small business like we were small business niche like serving a very specific need what happens to lost pets you know and um yeah so we we chatted to bruce over different congresses and then yeah it came a time where he wanted to sell and and so we were keen and bought it five years ago six years ago two, even longer eh? i think it's maybe seven years ago 2016 what's it seven years ago so yeah again it's been quite a journey um it's definitely opened our eyes up into and it's got us thinking about different things in the pet space you know it's a it's it's got us down the responsible pet ownership angle a lot you know because a microchip we would say is your first I suppose responsible thing you can do for your little puppy is put a microchip in so that because pets don't have a voice they can't talk so what happens if your dog gets miss gets lost how is the vet or the welfare or the person that picks it up the road going to know that this belongs to you if it can't talk? And, um, and so obviously a microchip it enables, gives a pet a voice. And if lost pets are scanned, it, you know, it reads a number and that number goes into a database and gives the owner's names. But that's how it should happen. Um, again, it has been a very, a very interesting and difficult journey actually around bringing that same excellence into a very specific um, need and how do we do it better and how do we add value and that's been a huge challenge is some of the competition in our industry has yeah um, and without even having to name names but the reality is that a lot of microchipping is offered almost as a free service certainly the database side of microchipping we'll just do that, do that all for free, whether it be some businesses using it as a lost leader to do to sell other products or other businesses doing microchipping, say in wildlife, and then just saying, ah, pets, we'll just also give chips, but don't worry about database fees or anything like that. So anyway, I mean, IdentiPet has been, again, another opportunity for us to really think quite creatively around how do we add value. So... Um, yeah. So explain again, just for people who need yeah. clarification. So it is a microchip. Yeah. It is not able to track and no, trace. It's not a tracker. Very important. Um, but it's the size of a grain of rice. It's That's tiny, right. tiny, and it yeah. goes subcutaneously, yeah. generally Between in the shoulder blades. Yeah. Um, and it's an inert yeah. uh, product that yeah. then doesn't cause any major yeah. reaction. Yeah. It's 
pretty painless to give yeah, in yeah. terms of the application yeah. or administration of it, yeah. and it's with them for life. Yeah, it's so, their ID. Yeah, it's their ID card. And yeah. I think obviously we'll probably go into it in terms of maintaining these databases. But um, this is now a means for you to attach your contact details to that yeah. Yeah. pet. Yeah, that's right. And an ownership thing. So it's your contact details in case and. Know, if it goes missing and then obviously it becomes like an identification and an ownership issue which is which is a very important uh, reality for government especially you know and we can talk a bit about that but i think the first thing to say with microchips is i can tell you if we went to the average pet owner and said okay which database are you on they say oh i don't know and that's our first issue is is okay so if your cell phone number changes how are you going to know where to go and change it if you don't know which database you're on and so database management becomes quite an important part of actually dealing with the problem. And I think that's been some of the frustrations we've had to deal with when people just say, oh, we just do all this stuff for free. But okay, well, we know that, that like, like this business of just, and then what's also happened is the microchip price has just yeah. dived. <laughs> so because it's got competitive, which is great, but it's only great if there's value. And that's been a huge, long, long learning curve for us to say, okay, how do we give again real value to a real problem. What is the real problem? You will feel really upset if your dog get, gets missing and you haven't been responsible with keeping the data up to up to scratch. You will honestly, it's like, I think the worst thing that's ever happened to me is when I lost my one child, my human child, for th half an hour. I don't think I've ever in my life experienced, the, you know, I, where you're running so hard, you want to run fast, but you can't run fast because you're so desperate to find them. And we've just done a survey with our 150 or thousand people on database. And we said how, and one of the questions we said, you know, how, like, tell us, is your pet, how do you view your pet? Is it a child? Is it part of your family? Is it um, a companion? Is it just, or uh, there for protection or other? And 90, uh, 89, it was right up there, 88% of people said it's either my a family member or, or my child. Child, yeah. So if losing your child is one of the worst things that can happen to you, mm -hmm. how are you going to feel like if you haven't been like responsible with that part of the journey? And that then becomes a real opportunity for us to say, okay, we're going to help you. And like we said at Identibit, at Identibit, we really, really believe that it's not just a microchip, it's a system. And we've systematically put a whole lot of pieces together to make sure that if your child does go missing, it's got the best chance to get back. And so that's the first real problem we're solving. And I think the second is just, I think identification is just a, a good thing in general, but obviously from a governmental perspective, and I don't know if it's gonna happen in South Africa, but, but obviously in South Africa we have, we do have a problem with dog fighting and, and we have had many tragedies with with animals that have killed people and in the uk and stuff like you will prosecute based on who's the owner but if you can't prove the owner and the microchip becomes a way to prove who's the owner and it also becomes a way to prove who's the owner in disputes yeah so but can I, I i'm I actually say, interested yeah. in this because <laughs> i always feel you can own a dog yeah. but do you ever truly own a cat <laughs> unless they're indoors Definitely because not. You know, my cat spends <laughs> three days at home and then disappears yeah. for three days. And every time he does, I have this feeling of, will I see him again? Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people may yeah. 
want to sort of chip in and say you shouldn't then let him out um he he will scream to go out yeah. he'll find a window this is not a yeah. cat that i can maintain i yeah. can only bribe him to come yeah. home yeah. but even so first question is can you own a cat and secondly um and a bit of a cheeky question but and secondly obviously even if he doesn't come home i would like to know the outcome if he doesn't yeah. and having yeah. him microchip Yeah. allows me to know it's closure potentially yeah or get some closure but uh, let's i mean the first question i like that question <laughs> because i have and 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 i would say i'm a more dog person okay. but but i have two cats and we have we have two mancoons oh, they are definitely not indoor cats <laughs> no. i mean and and one of them is just it's like one of those cats that just you know you know you get a cat that is a, like just a normal cat who's to display some of the normal cat tendencies which are unique and then you get the boss cat and the the old one's like a boss cat it's just like i will live my own life and you're you're just part of it you know yeah. but you know what's been my my interesting story with cats is i always thought yeah it would be great to have a lion you know as a pet you know because they just there's so much about a lion that is attractive like so so What I when I was sitting down looking at my cats the other day, I said, "Thank the Lord that it's not a lion, but they display all the lion-like qualities." You know, and I look at those cats, and I I, I do. I mean, I look at this animal that sits in my home, and I get to appreciate it's mm. totally not like a dog. No, but it it has completely <laughs> lion-like qualities, mm. like they do. They're like the boss, mm. and and they have very little, like like. Like and I even see as so I've got a pointer now, a German shorted pointer, and this dog is terrorizing these cats because it's just chasing mm -hmm. them, trying to stop. But those cats will stand their ground flat up. They, mm -hmm. you know, they they've just got that look about them. So I, <laughs> I, I mean, I just think cats again. I mean, and I really mean this. You know, it's been a fascinating journey for me myself to to have pets and watch them interact with my children, and then just appreciate the different qualities they have, and they mm -hmm. do, and, they, and it does give you joy. Yeah. I mean, my cats. I mean, they're different. And I mean, it sits on the roof there, and it just—I mean, listen—it like gazes over the garden as if oh. this is my territory, you know. And and I'm reminded, okay, it's like I've got a little lion in my house. So, anyway, cats, yeah, you know, they do go. And that one cat, I mean, I was saying to my wife this morning, "Where's Matilda?" I mean, she's just—and she's the boss, you know. But she is, I think, offended by the fact that we got this puppy, and so she's just—she'll go and make the neighbor her friend, and, and she does. She'll come yeah. back to eat when she wants. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a reality. I I do think what happens if that cat doesn't come home? Mm. Like I think closure then becomes a like I think that's the worst thing about losing a pet. Or like you're seeing what's happening even in Israel at the moment. It's like, will they have closure? Like if with these people that have been kidnapped and stuff, what happens if I never see them again? And that I think. And again, so we think okay, it's just a pet. But it's not mm. like that is a real thing. And I, I know human beings, we, we, we are very resilient and we can get over stuff. But it is an issue. It is an issue. It's a problem. And so I suppose, again, the opportunity is if we can say, and you can say as a person, but I, I was an identified, mm. it's a managed database. They have, they have rapid alert. They have, uh, you know, there's all these parts. There's a pet rescue network. There's all these, part, all these parts of the system. I did everything I did, could. If I don't, if after doing all of that, I still don't have the grace to get closure for whatever reason. I know at least I did everything I could. And I think that's, I suppose, some of, you know, how do you process that reality of what happens if, yeah. if you don't present that education it? Because with cats of, particularly, that, yeah, that can happen. Of educating people of, you know, how yeah. can you do this better? But I think, 
I think if they know that they've done everything, then it does help them. But I, I think that is reality with cats. I mean, they absolutely, you know, they do wonder. And now, a word from our amazing sponsors who make the Pause and Effect podcast possible. To make a promise implies trust. To make a pledge creates expectation. And to make a commitment initiates responsibility. For more than 25 years, we have made it our mission to take the ifs, buts, and maybes out of premium pet food. That's why our experts put the best science behind our food, so your pet's health is put first. That's why when you seek value, we strive to give you more, like protecting your pets with our free accident benefits. And when you need great tasting food, our fresh meat taste delivers. You see, what sets us apart is not one thing, it's all these things combined. Because we understand that when it comes to your pet's health, you don't want doubt and uncertainty, you want absolutes, the absolute best given your means, like premium veterinary quality food of real value that doesn't cost an arm and a paw. So rest assured that any claim we make, we stand by. It's our commitment to your pets and our promise to you. In fact, we're so confident in what we stand for that we have made the ultimate promise to you. It's called the Ultra Pet Promise. 100% money-back guarantee, a no-ifs, no-buts, and no-maybes kind of promise. We call it our satisfaction guarantee. Welcome back to Just For Pets. You're with Dr. Cara. Hi, Doc. It's Justin the Jack Ross here. And boy, am I itchy. Are you on a hypoallergenic diet? Hyper what now? Changing to a special diet will really help. And Just For Pets have a massive range. And flea and tick medication, special shampoo. Oh, how quick can you get some? Order today and we'll deliver pronto. I feel better already. Justforpets.co.za Vet approved, pet adored. Get it all to your door. Let's get back to our conversation on the Pause and Effect podcast. But then the important thing, obviously, like we're saying, is fine, you've got the microchip. Uh, time passes, your cell phone may get stolen, you get a new number, and suddenly there's no means to contact you. So suddenly what happens is your, is your pet gets lost. And like, yeah, maybe at that point you will obviously go back and think to, okay, which database am I on? Let me go and update those details so, 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 you know, so that I can, you know, so if they do find it, I can get called. But I, but I think, I think it's wise just to realize, like often it lands up in a welfare and welfare is, you know, like let's be honest, they are under massive pressure. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you, if you don't get your pet back quickly enough, you might miss a phone call or whatever, and you might even not, and by the time it takes you to figure out which database you're on, your pet could be put down. And so, so that's why we've developed services like Rapid Alert. So Rapid Alert, when welfare is scanned, and they put, if it's an identified chip, and they put that into the system, is an immediate SMS that goes to the owner to say, hey, your pet's just been scanned at Hillcrest Vet or at you know, Durban SPCA. Because often people don't answer their phone. And that's another issue. So what can happen in a welfare is they're so busy, they're so overworked, they f make one phone call, no one answers the phone, there's no rapid alert. We're doing euthanasias today. We, we haven't got any kennel space. I mean, that happens. happens. And so I think it's, yeah, I mean, we can always make, like there's always ways to mitigate whatever issue you have. But I think if we can, with identity, put a whole lot of things in place to just, again, deal with the problem well, 
mm. then then again we've added value. Mm. And, and I mean, just just talking the the price, obviously different practices yeah. can mark up however they yeah. want to. But we're not talking an expensive exercise. No. So, like you said, there's no sort of maintenance of yeah. um, at this stage in terms no. of competition between different. Yeah. Well, so okay, so that's been so, and I, I want to say, mm. and this has been anyway, it is what it is, and we've again used I think, and we will talk about it like different creative ways to wow. add value. But overseas, England, America, most databases, there's some kind of fees attached, whether it be when I update details, there's a charge, or like Identibed was originally, we had annual, we had an annual fee of like 50 Rand a year for database fees, but then we had a whole lot of competition that didn't do database fees, so we dropped it. And yet the rest of the world will charge that because that's the business. Yeah. So we've had to say, okay, fine, we can't do that in South Africa. It's a rough place sometimes to do business how do we then add value yeah. and so over the last five years we built an app our app is going to be relaunched soon and we've created a pet rescue network and we've created some really very cool tech uh, around pet rescue and in 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 hoping that we can give people real value and um and that's so so it started with an app and um so basically with our app you can create a poster on average with our database we have probably on average for most people two to three hundred people in your 5k radius that if your dog went missing or your cat went missing you can build a post on our app and send it to all those people so, so immediately at the touch of button 200 people in your vicinity will have a picture of your missing pet our, our new um our updated pet rescue network is going to create a customized so we are partnering with um, security companies, but we're also creating a customized search over and above the community search. Where, um, so when my Molly, our Fox Terrier went missing, like I, I realized the security guards actually played a big part of mm. me getting her back. And then also my father-in-law came to help search. And, and it was actually a security guard that had put Molly behind her in, in and actually take Molly in and that, and, I got. I actually found her through the security network. So we created like this, um, and it's still in the process of being built. But it's um, what we call a customized search for those people in your immediate vicinity that will actually come help you. So it'll be your security oh. guards, your neighbors, your in-laws, who or your friends, and and then we want to add Bluetooth to that because the challenge with um, with with searching in your car is often will be just behind a wall or it's at night or my situation was at night so if you've got a bluetooth tag with a hundred meter read range on your phone you, you'll be able to see your dog you know behind the so wall. it becomes more of a tracer it becomes it so it becomes more oh, of a tracer wow. and so that's the new that's going to be the upgraded pet rescue network where where i can go and then the other beautiful part of this was not there yet is that we want on the customized search party to be able to see where each person is on a map so that it becomes intelligent search. So you can say, can you go to the that's east right. or? Exactly. <laughs> no, 100%. So, okay, we've covered that area. So listen, I mean, that's been, so identity has become a tech business more than anything, <laughs> and which has been difficult. So, and this is, this is actually going to be in the microchip. So the Bluetooth the micro, capability. The, no, the Bluetooth will be a tag. On a tag. On a tag. Okay. Yeah. So again, it's different elements of, of a whole, it's a whole, you know, it's not just a microchip, it's a system. And the system involves rapid alert, it, it's got now Bluetooth, it's got a pet rescue network, it's got customized, it's got intelligent search, and um, it's also got the security companies 
we we building with yeah. the security companies to also send links to them. And another part of the network is to incorporate what we call the professionals, like the vets, the welfares, and give them added information or more um, cus- uh, more what do you call it, direct information like email or SMS to the people that we've identified as people that because there are people that actually will go out and search for yeah. your pet. So you know, the community comes together quite nicely. Yeah, they do, and and then also integrate in social media. Yeah. Like like yeah, again, I thought sure. How much can you do for pet rescue? But but when you start delving down, you can do a lot. And know? it's emotive. I mean, people know that feeling, like you're saying, that loss of a child. You just, everyone so all pulled together. That's where, so <clears throat> that now has become value. And so what we've done, we said, well, subscription. Let's, let's introduce a subscription again that has value. But now, because we own legacy, we are able to, we are able to maybe offer a bit more. And so... We have an 89 Rand a month subscription that includes cremation cover for four pets. It includes, includes access to our pet rescue network, so the ability to send these alerts. It includes, it includes grooming discounts and discounts onto our, some of our pet tech that we have. And the idea is that the value that we give covers your subscription, you know, in terms of the cremation cover, et cetera. So, so that's been our way to... And there's more coming in that. There's a, there's a few more things we're thinking to really give pet owners value. The idea again is that we give value, mm. but that's been it's been expensive. Mm. It really has been expensive because tech is not cheap. And it's taken people, like you say, from that puppy or kitten all the way through to ultimately that final moment. And and that's been now that's triggered us um, to really think. Okay, we're we've we've been in the pet space for 27 years. That's our field. Like, what can we do? You know, we know vets really well. How can we be very aware of some of the challenges of vets? Yeah. How can we partner with vets? Because my, my belief is vets have paid, vets are the opinion leaders around pets. Like vets are the people that, of all the people have paid the price. They've got the t-shirt. They know w- what it means to be a responsible pet owner better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So how can we partner with vets to then create, to build a nation of responsible and rewarded pet owners, which has become our kind of mantra now, you know, and and use these different services that we have to to up, to help people, to actually help people manage their pets better. I mean, that's what Discovery Health has done so well. Yep. I mean, how many people are, are healthier because they want to, they've gamified, you know, your, they've gamified your exercise. Yeah, they're incentivizing that behavior yeah. and yeah. becomes repetitive. And so, so they really have. I mean, yeah. we've got to celebrate South African entrepreneurs that yeah. are so clever that that discover that vitality is now in eighty different countries because because they've they've helped people get healthier. Yeah. That, I mean, it's such a simple thing, and and I suppose, I mean, we're inspired by that to say, well, let's help people manage their pets better mm. by being clever and giving giving cool tech. You know, mm. so I think there's a lot of space in in around tech. So we we are investing. We've got our new app coming out now and. Yeah, we've got some good ideas partnering with vets. We want to partner with vets to to say how can we help people manage their pet better. Like I said with that Labrador, I felt bad because I didn't feel like I was managing, I, I wasn't dealing with that problem. And I realized, I don't care what anyone says, I did not feel great every time that dog was scratching. No. No. I didn't. You knew it was a the very dog was real in distress thing. and yeah. it was distressing. It was real. Too. Yeah. And so I know when, when there's a real problem, there's an opportunity. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's practical, and it's and it's not expensive. You know, it's not sort of asking people to so, either spend a huge amount of time or resource, or these are yeah. sort of simple, sort of cost-effective ways. So I think one of our big things now is to get more people market shipping, mm. and yeah, I think there's a price point. I mean, <clears throat> I think I I think we would like to speak to the vets. Okay, how do we maybe help do market ship days or help you know high volume, low margin because it's time. You know, everything's time and everything's money. And I think we need to understand. So to to even put a microchip in vets, it is a it needs to be done properly. So vets mm. do it. But can we get vets? I think the average vet around the country is doing maybe 10 microchips a month. What can we get that to 20? Mm. So more people are microchip. How do we do that? I yeah. think part of its education um, it is, you know, it's like your first step to responsible pet ownership. Mm. And again, to say you might say now that you're not going to feel that sad if your dog goes missing, but you will. <laughs> no, it's terrible. You, and you won't feel great yes. that you didn't put a microchip in. Yeah. So put a microchip in. Yeah, yeah and at least you've got a far higher chance. Maybe yeah, not with a, a good outcome, but at least being reunited one way or another. And I think what you said, it's not a tracker. Mm-mm. And we, that's one of the questions we get asked most often is, is a microchip a tracker? It's not. Listen, there's a lot of, I think, in the military, all this stuff comes from the military eventually, you know, like like tracking GPS, that kind of stuff. Mm. They'll, you know, that's where the money's spent. So I don't, I've heard that, I don't know, I, I think it's going to be a long time before there's a microchip that can be tracked. Yeah. But what has come a long way is like stuff like Bluetooth. And I think we can use Bluetooth quite cleverly, mm. which we're trying to do to create certainly a version of tracking. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about obviously worst case scenario you know either either well best or worst whether either you're reunited with your healthy pet or you know you know that they i think for me as a vet one of the biggest issues is sometimes we will have an animal that's brought in that's been hit by a car Mm. and to make that decision of like okay is this going to be is this going to be managed you know how much resource and time do we we you know it's terrible but those kind of decisions need to be made with owners and Mm. unless you're able to speak to the owner and connect with them like what do you want in this situation yeah. it just takes yeah. that agency away yeah. so you yeah. it's so important both in you know yeah. worst case or best case scenario yeah. it's great but that middle road of going your pet's been injured what yeah. do you want to do yeah i mean um, i didn't even think about that that's a, that's a total totally real life example from veterinary where time matters mm. like you haven't got like you need to to scan quickly get that information and then if the if the number's not right then it's and literally and, 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 and all the, the reality is we we either have to make a decision if it's you know yeah. if it's at in that kind of state um to potentially humanely euthanize, euthanize yeah. them or you go you're going to get very conservative management here yeah. you know we'll pop them on a drip we'll yeah. give them pain relief yeah. but that's yeah. all and like you said it's a ticking yeah. clock in terms of then yeah. trying to to kind of yeah. contact the owner and but you know cora you know for me and i i, I mean i i'm going to say this again and i think as a human being we we feel better about ourselves when we manage things better. Like when you manage your body better, when your body is healthier, you feel better. Mm-hmm. And and like I think that is a big space. And and I think people need to give vets a break and they need to start like saying, okay, if I'm gonna get a pet, first of all, it's a great investment. It is. It's an investment into yeah. like your family. It, like pets give a lot of joy. But mm-hmm. then like you have an opportunity not to manage that that asset if i want to call it or that's business talk but you manage this life well or badly Mm. and i'm telling you like if you manage it well you're going to feel better and part of that is getting a microchip going to the vet 
getting on some kind of wellness plan or insurance. We've spoken about insurance, all these things, and we've 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 done a lot of thought around insurance. I mean, everyone's got an insurance product. That's great. Mm-hmm. I think for veterinary, more people that insure the pets, it just gives resource when you need it to spend spend the money, you know. And I think one of the things that's changed us in the last five years, we read a book by you know, a guy in America who started the first pet insurance, and it was, you know, and he was a vet, and it's called a different kind of veterinarian, and um, it's so interesting because he had, you know, coming back to euthanasia, but again, responsibility. He started the first pet insurance in America because, because he was so tired of economic euthanasia, where people would come in to a vet, that you know, it's going to cost. This is a, a reality. It's going to cost. This is not. We can't just fix. Like this is a major problem we got here. Like there's major surgery oh. needed. There's major skill required. Like there's a cost. We can't just do it for free. But people haven't budgeted for it. And and so what happens is they well, you know, we we just gonna have to put the dog down. And then but with the child standing there, the child just thinks the vet did a bad job. And so he was so tired of being abused by people and children because because owners didn't have the finances to care for their pet property. And so so he started the first pet insurance in America, which has been a massive success. Um, but it got me thinking and it got us thinking, and he shared his own journey with his pet, and he was quite an egotistical guy and had these big butch pets, and then he got like this handbag. It was a pincer, like a handbag dog. And this dog, he fell in love with this dog. And then he got cancer, and he, and, and, and he honestly says this dog healed him. And and it was because he, he his dogs are unconditional. Yeah, that connection. And so, you know, he was like, I think, quite a broken person, like a lot of people are. And so people struggle with people, but be, because people can be dangerous, because people have hurt people. Mm, they're not safe. But pet, they're not safe, but my pet is safe. Mm. And he started loving his pet, and so he started loving his pet. And so, and he would say, as a scientist, he knew when you're loving, you get oxytocin released, serotonin mm. released, you know, like all the good chemicals are released. And he said, but that healed my cancer. And like we then, when we read that book, we thought like this is there's a lot more to pet ownership mm-hmm. and responsible pet ownership than meets the eye, you know. And it's been just I think it's been really helpful for us in the industry to say like this is a serious business. Mm-hmm. It's not just a novelty thing. Like I, and I say that with all sincerity because I think 20 years ago, even when we started pet crematorium, mm-hmm. guys are saying like pet cremation, like it was like for some people it was a joke. Yeah, you know, but. It's actually not a joke. Yeah, uh, like it's a great I, industry. And I love that example that you use. That you know, this guy sort of saying such an extreme of being hated by the child because, yeah. you know, it's easy for me now that I've stepped out a little bit from consulting to to get some perspective. But I find um, that pet owners are still coming in, and when they can't afford it, looking at the vet like, yeah. but help me. Yeah. And the reality is that you know, it's it's a it's a business. And the only way it's a sustainable business is to be paid for the services. And vets are still, you know, they aren't. I know people go like, oh, I've got shares in this place. Or <laughs> they'll come with comments like, you know, like I spent a fortune. And um, and I know pet care is expensive, but so is running a, a business. And to be sustainable and to continue and to be there 24 hours and to provide professionals at the kind of level that we're talking yeah. is is a costly exercise. But it's also in terms of that um, compassion and that um, behavior that you want from your vet to to still, you know, keep that connection with you and not become yeah. disconnected and cold yeah. and very mechanical about yeah. it. You know, often when people cannot afford services, 
it becomes a, a, a massive impact for the vet who then takes it on themselves to go, you know, like how can I pull this person's pet through? Um, yeah. It's it is a it's a problem, massive problem, and that's why there's an opportunity. Yeah, but I like, and I let me and I, will uh, be careful here. But but when you go to a restaurant, and you have a meal, you don't ask the guy, can you know, can we just discount it ten percent? Yeah, it's been a tough week. It's been a tough week. <laughs> like, you know, so why mm. do we? Why is it okay to do it to the vet? Mm. And I think, and I'm. I'm probably being a bit cheeky in some ways, but but it seems like vets are whipping boys in some ways, you know, like like why is it that vets Yeah, I, I think without like let's like they're they're good clients and they're back oh, of and, course, and, and they're yeah. whatever. But I think the, the bottom line is I think there's an opportunity for for us in the industry mm-hmm. to say let's help people mm-hmm. manage their pet better. And there's real opportunity. And you know, when you go to a financial manager, I think I think what they do better than anyone else is not necessarily, obviously you want them to have good products, but they actually get you saving. That's what they do. Good financial managers actually have ability to say, listen to me, start saving now. Mm-hmm. Obviously they need to invest the money well, but I think the best thing they do is get you onto a good habit. And I think that's where we've got to, you know, in an industry say, so how do we how do we get people in good yeah. habits? Tap into that. Yeah. And I think away and away from the mindset that you know, I've rescued this animal yeah. and they're forever a rescue. It's like you've yeah. taken on this animal. They're now rescued. Yes, lovely. And that feel good feeling of not, you know, maybe buying or purchasing and giving a dog or a cat a home that otherwise wouldn't have had one. But they're then yours <laughs> and yeah. you are then the owner and you are responsible for them. Yeah. You can't forever go, but they're rescued. Can I have like welfare rates? <laughs> yeah, so that's now you're getting but, me onto like a game. Uh, it's very controversial, gonna, I know. Well, it is but, controversial, but, uh, but anyway, I, like that rescue mentality, like mm-hmm. the problem is who's going to be the one that eventually takes responsibility? But someone's going to pay. So you've got like, and so people find their identity in the fact that they rescue us. Okay, that's cool, you know, but, but if, the, and, and so I'm doing, and, and their whole identity is like, I'm a rescuer, but someone's gonna, pay, like, someone's gonna have to take the hit somewhere because, mm-hmm. like, we live in a world where it costs. And the vets end up, oh, you know, you just, you know, like, There's no compassion. It's okay. <laughs> you, you pay the price. Yeah. It's your time, it's your skills, it's your, like, years and years of work. And yet, and you then, you're the one that feels guilty because you're saying, no, mm-hmm. no, anyway. But, yeah, sorry. Like, I'm, but I think this stuff's important because, because someone pays a price, mm. and we know that vets are paying a price, mm. big time. No, they are emotionally as well no, as vets know, are so paying a price from a sustainable. And I've, I've sat with vets. I sat with a vet. I mean, how many how many marriages are have under pressure? I, I sat with a vet who said every Saturday afternoon he'd be on his way to his farm, and he'd get this emergency call, and he'd have to turn around in the road and go back. And his his kids. I mean, I, like 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 his kids were so angry, and and I thought, yeah, like this is not there's some. You know, there's things that need to change, you know, like it's, you know, because people want, because now pets are children, they've seen as children, now you want the same service. You expect the same service when you go to hospital, but with completely l- limited resource. Mm. And I think we're actually giving a better service. And I mean, I'm jumping yeah. here for, for only from my perspective, but I feel a lot of veterinary practices actually, you know, I like you do a comparison to the kind of updates and the information and the the involvement of the owners in their pets' care or treatment mm. versus the experience that people have in A&E 
Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how frequently the doctors yeah. and you know when when yeah. they're actually seen to, um, and I think the, there's a slightly warped. Um, I think because there's been this this desire to provide better service and better yeah. and better and more, and um, it's actually there there has to come a, a point where um, there's a bit of an adjustment. I, I think so, and I think that's where insurance is going to play a, uh, a part. Mm. Is that just a, I mean, it just then creates some kind of resource and or savings for mm. for vets to just pay get paid what. You know what's fair, and mm. I think that's, you yeah. know, I think that's a good thing. No, it's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mark. I mean, I think we're probably going to have some more discussion going forward. Yeah. You've got so many things in the pipeline. I think yeah. really exciting ventures, yeah. um, but I think the services you're offering are incredible. Yeah. And so, thank you from Avate and from Pet Owner for thank for you. what you provide. Um, it's you. certainly something I've tapped into, both yeah. in terms of microchipping yeah. and also legacy crematorium. Thank you. Thank your you. Time. As we wrap up this enlightening conversation with Mark Slaughter, we've learned about the critical role IdentiPet plays in keeping our beloved pets safe and reuniting them with their loving owners. It is an essential tool in the toolkit of responsible pet ownership. Remember, our pets are family and ensuring their well-being is of utmost importance. If you have found this episode informative, please follow, like and share and leave a review to help us reach more pet owners. I'm Dr. Kara, your host, and I hope that you and your pets stay safe happy and together. Until next time, give your pets a hug from me. We have an exciting announcement to make. We are looking for guest speakers who are passionate about the pet industry and sponsors to support future episodes. Are you an expert in pet training, nutrition or behavior? Maybe you're a veterinarian with insights to share, a pet store owner with unique experiences or a pet product inventor. We wanna hear from you. The Pause and Effect podcast is a platform for industry professionals like you to showcase your knowledge, experiences, and stories. As a guest speaker on our podcast, you'll have the opportunity to share valuable information, engage with our audience, and have your voice heard in the pet community. Whether you want to discuss training techniques, emerging pet care trends, or the importance of mental stimulation for pets, we want to feature you and your expertise. So... If you're passionate about pets and have something to say, we invite you to join us on an upcoming episode of the Pause and Effect podcast. But wait, that's not all. The Pause and Effect podcast is also seeking sponsors to support our mission of educating and entertaining pet lovers worldwide. By becoming a sponsor, you'll gain exposure to our engaged audience and have your brand associated with the love and care that we have for our four-legged friends. If you own a pet-related business, offer pet products or services, or simply want to align your brand with our pet-loving community, we'd love to partner with you. As a sponsor, your brand will be featured prominently in our episodes and our social media channels. It is a great opportunity to showcase your offerings to a dedicated audience of pet enthusiasts. So whether you're an expert in the pet industry, looking to share your knowledge, or a business seeking to reach a pet-loving audience, we want to hear from you. To apply as a guest or to inquire about becoming a sponsor of the Pause and Effect podcast, please contact me at drkara at pauseandeffect.co.za. Get in touch and let's discuss the various opportunities. Thank you for joining us today. We can't wait to welcome our future guest speakers and sponsors to the Pause and Effect podcast. Remember, every episode is an opportunity to celebrate our four-legged friends.